0: I'm Phil Rickaby and I've been a writer and performer for almost 30 years, but I've realized that I don't really know as much as I should about the theatre scene outside of my particular Toronto bubble. Now I'm on a quest to learn as much as I can about the theatre scene across Canada. So join me as I talk with mainstream theatre creators you may have heard of and indie artists you really should know as we find out just what it takes to be STAGEWORTHY If you value the work that I do on Stageworthy, please consider leaving a donation either as a one-time thing or on a recurring monthly basis. Stageworthy is created entirely by me, and I give it to you free of charge with no advertising or other sponsored messages. Your continuing support helps me to cover the cost of producing and distributing the show. Just four people donating $5 a month would help me cover the cost of podcast hosting alone. Help me continue to bring you this podcast. You can find a link to donate in the show notes, which you can find in your podcast app or at the website at stageworthy.ca. Now, on to the show. Kimberly Bone is the owner and event storyteller at Creative Twist, Incorporated. She has also been a director, designer, and producer for the award-winning Keystone Theatre. Most recently, she took over the day-to-day management of the Scott Block, a vintage black-box theatre and cabaret space in Red Deer, Alberta. She joined me to talk about the intersection of events and theater, how she found her way to the theater, and working to make theater a cornerstone of the community in Red Deer. Here's our conversation. Kim, thanks for thanks for joining me. There's a, a lot that I want to cover with you, um, but to, just to start out, um, one of the reasons that that was the impetus the impetus for this conversation. Is that um, your your company, Creative Twist, basically took over the the management of the Scott Block Theater in Red Deer, Alberta? So I'm yes. curious, what what led to to that happening?
1: Yeah. Um, so when we first moved to Red Deer, um, obviously, uh, as you know, my husband is. Uh, a theater guy and uh, artistic director of now artistic director of primestock theater. So we sort of wanted to get the lay of the land on what uh, theater spaces were available. And um, we uh, got a tour of this lovely black box, finished black box theater. And um, at the time it was being operated by um, Jenna Goldade from Bullskit uh, which is a improv comedy group. And uh, so Jenna uh, had been working in uh, managing the space for a number of years. But um, since COVID, she had a second baby and she uh, had a lot of uh, things to focus on in her world. So she was looking for an opportunity to um, move out of managing the space and just use the space um, as a, as a renter. So um, she was hoping that prime stock would be able to take it over. And uh, we floated the idea around a little bit, but the reality is prime stock just didn't have the bandwidth as a not for profit, no employees, (laughs) all volunteer um, to make that happen. Um. And I just thought, you know what? This space needs some love. And it had this great um, uh, retail office space uh, that was vacant, right connected to the theater right next to it with the storefront. And I thought I could see Creative Twist in there. I could see me running my creative event business there, but also running... Helping to run Prime Stock, helping to um, create some some energy downtown, which downtown Red Deer really needs some life and some energy, especially post COVID. And um, I just couldn't see this beautiful little space not um giving getting the lift that it needed. So I through caution to the wind and put a proposal together and sent it off. It's kind of a hail Mary. You don't know me from Adam, but I'm hoping that I can do this. And, uh, yeah, it took, it took about three or four months of back and forth, um, negotiating with them, but, uh, yeah, he made it happen.
0: Nice. Um, no, it's a, it's a sort of a, it's a black box, but it's a vintage. Like what, tell me about this space.
1: So the building uh, was built in 1914 and it um, has been used for many different things, uh, retail store, department store. It was, it was the old uh, fields in Red Deer um, many, many, many moons ago when I was just a young pup. Um, uh, It was an apartment building. And uh, for the last 15 or so years it has been, it has operated as um, a theater venue. So um, the, uh, the owner of the building, he's actually um, Doug Anderson. He's actually the CEO of PV Mart. Um, He and his family purchased the building um, as a social enterprise. Um, So the idea is to, um, make it an affordable space for, um, the creative community in Red Deer. Uh, there are offices upstairs that, that, um, lots of not-for-profits use as well as, um, as some, uh, for-profit businesses have rented space there as well. But, um, the idea is, you know, they're not looking to make, make money on this building. They're looking to, um, uh, have this building as a social enterprise um, opportunity for the creative community in Red Deer.
0: Um, now I don't know Red Deer. I have, yes, I've spent uh, all of, uh, uh, I think as you're aware, when we were uh, between fringes way back in 2012 uh, from Calgary yeah. to Edmonton, I think we might've spent about an hour to two hours, uh, uh in red deer on a break uh during the long drive between uh Calgary and Edmonton. So I'm not familiar with the the arts scene in in Red Deer or Red Deer at all. What is the arts slash theater scene like in Red Deer?
1: You know what? It's um the arts community is is actually really quite vibrant. Um a lot of uh visual art, a lot of um mm-hmm. uh, like painters and and uh, visual artists um, there is uh, the Central Alberta Theatre which is um, long standing community theatre group has been uh, in in Red Deer for 30 plus years um, so they uh, do dinner theatre they do um, community theatre uh uh programming um there is treehouse youth theater which is a fabulous group that does um uh training theater training and uh shows for people uh, 17 and under and uh, there are there's another uh community theater group called uh red deer players who are a uh, like i said a, a a smaller than than cat community theater group. Uh, they do a little bit more edgy edgier work or a little bit more challenging work um, And then there's Primestock, which is Red Deer's only professional theater company. Um, they do uh, Shakespeare in the square or Shakespeare in um, in the park during the summer. It's called Bard on Bower and then uh, are expanding to do, to um, uh, other types of theater, contemporary in the spring and um, classical theater in the fall. And those are both happening here at the Scott Block. Um, So Red Deer, uh, I'm sorry, the Central Alberta Theater Cat, they have taken over the Memorial Center, which is um, the big roadhouse, I would say, in, in Red Deer. Uh, So they, they've taken over that space and they also um, do dinner theater in a place called Festival Hall, which is attached to, uh, to the Memorial Center. Um, Yeah, so it's coming back. It's been a long, hard haul for, as all arts communities in, you know, across the world really have, have struggled in the past with, uh, with COVID. Um, things are coming back. Um, you know, we uh, we're we're hoping to get audiences back off their off their couches uh, and away from Netflix and into uh, live theater spaces again. Um, Bullskit. Uh, they've been do- you know they're in their fifteenth season uh, doing improv and sketch comedy here and they're you know they're starting to get people out again uh starting to have that energy uh which is fantastic uh
0: getting the arts uh uh, uh and theater thriving again in a place that's that's there's not a small town it's a city but it's also you know it's not it's not a big city it's the yeah. city um that has to present some unique challenges uh to a place, especially as you're saying to uh a downtown that i imagine is is itself struggling to to come back from 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 covid if if looking at the city where i live toronto is anything to 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 compare it to there's a lot of stores and and just things to do that just didn't make it through the pandemic and um, the closures, empty storefronts things like that so i imagine that maybe things are are similar in red deer and it's hard to come back from that
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It, 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 you know, it, it is an uphill battle. We, we do have, um, uh, a very, sadly, a very quiet historic downtown. Uh, it's beautiful, but there is a lot of vacancy right now. Uh, we've got a great, um, downtown business association that is working really hard to, to generate, um, activity. Um, they've, uh, two blocks um, north of us they've they've created a uh, Alberta's first entertainment district um, so so that's uh, that's very fun uh, they've got a, a a street that's licensed and there's multiple restaurants on that street so you can go out and you know walk or, along the patio and and they've got entertainment and things happening um, uh, the Arts Council has moved. Um, to a storefront uh, a block away from that, and we're a block away from that. So I, I feel like there's an opportunity for us to create um, an arts and culture district. There's lots of galleries. Uh, the symphony has their offices right across the street from me, uh, the Red Deer Symphony Orchestra. So I think, you know, um, it's just a matter of, of getting these groups together and really um, rallying around what a community of artists can bring to um a to a neighborhood you know we've seen that in in toronto a ton of of what arts and, and culture can do to um, gentrify a neighborhood and and bring it bring it some life and energy and, and i think that there's lots of opportunity here for for this community to do that
0: absolutely now for you you're I mean, you. I mean, you've been involved with with theater on a production side for a number of years, um, uh, as well as um, uh, uh, being an event planner and also um, uh, uh, creating activations for events. Um, as far as all of like the the events side of your world goes, what is the relationship like? How close do you see theater and the events space? Like, are they Are they very closely aligned as far as like 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 ethos, or are they are they are they worlds apart? Oh,
1: they're very closely aligned. Honestly, um, I would say at least seventy five percent of the people that I know who are successful in the event space came from theater. They studied theater, they studied design, or they studied, or they were actors or the performers, or um, you know, lighting techs in theater, and their first love. First Love is Theater. So, um, you know, any you you throw a dart in in a, an event space and you're gonna hit somebody who's involved in theater. Like it's just that's the way it is. So um so they're they're very much aligned. And that's why this just felt like the right choice for Creative Twist. Um because, you know, I I um I can approach this space as a theater creator and understand what the theater creators need and and um the not-for-profits because believe me we've been there uh you know that phil um uh, what they what they need to to make a space viable and and make a production viable um but then i can also approach it from a um, event perspective in you know um for a wedding, how, you know, how, how can we transform a space and tell stories, um, in this space that are about a person as opposed to like, you know, about a couple and their, their journey versus, you know, a, uh, a story off of, off a, a script. So, um, yeah, it's events and theater are, are really symbiotic. And, and I think um uh i'm so excited about having my you know this is this is kind of like the the penultimate uh uh part of my journey is 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 finding um out so that so that may be not the right word but finding that that those two worlds you know coming together so beautifully in a space like this
0: yeah now creative twist is is, is um as I understand it, um you don't necessarily plan the event until you can, but a lot of what you have done in the past is create what's called activations. Can you talk about what a what a what an event activation is?
1: Yeah. So so sometimes I get involved with like all the planning details of an event and sometimes I just get brought into um to add a layer of experience to the event. So whether that's um bringing in characters to, uh, animate a space on a theme or to, um, you know, bring in staff and we, we do, uh, a craft station or, a, or, um, you know, give away, give away swag in a u- unique way, or we, uh, do an art art installation, a collaborative art piece. I've, I've done that many times, Do, you know, often um, in the last couple of years doing that for the city of Red Deer, doing, um, activating uh, a square um, just off of downtown here with, um, you know, collaborative art where we've got people coming in and they create a piece of a larger art piece and it all comes together. And um, so, so that's a, a lot of what I, what I like to do is, is, um, finding ways to, to bring people together to c- collaborate on something or to, um, tell, uh, tell a story through, um, uh, experience through experiential elements in, in a, in a space.
0: Now, there are two parts of your story that I'd like to, I, I want to talk about, um, uh, talk about, I want to talk about your journey to the theater second. Um, I want to talk about how you got into events. What was that? How did you start and how did you find your way to doing events?
1: Yeah, uh, so I went to Red Deer College, I took the hospitality and tourism program, and part of that was just because I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. And um, they had a one year certificate program, and I had met the uh, chairperson of that program. I thought she was. She was great, so um, I thought, okay, well, I can can do that. Take take this one-year certificate, get a job, figure out what I want to do with my life, and then, you know, go back to school. Um, Well, I loved the program, ended up staying for the two-year diploma, and and then just kind of got into the industry. I started working in hotel, um, and then from hotel, I pretty quickly moved up in ranks and like i was a director of sales by the time i was 24 and um and then i had the opportunity to move to toronto and there i i decided that i i was ready to move away from hotels and wanted something a little bit more creative so i got a job working for a catering company um doing off-site catering and and it was one of the bigger, more
0: um, uh,
1: influential catering firms in Toronto at the time, and and I just got to do really cool events, uh, and that's sort of where I learned the event thing. And then from there, I got an opportunity to, um, uh, I got headhunted to to move to a destination management company, which is a uh, a company that is. Um, their role is to be the, the local experts for large conferences and conventions that are coming into the city. So I um, got hired as a senior planner uh, to plan all of the um, tours and activations and um, you know, like welcome party, you know, uh, streets of Toronto, streets, of uh, provinces of Canada, uh, welcome party or the, the closing galas with um you know, and buses and tours. And so huge learning curve. Um, And then from there I moved to a decor and design company that specialized in large scale events, did events all across the country. Um, And when I was pretty much, I was the director of sales there. I was kind of as high, I'd been there for eight years about as high as I could go in that company without Marrying in, (laughs) I uh, I decided to take the leap and start my own company.
0: So, and uh, starting your own company was that was that a difficult choice? Was it a frightening choice? What was?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. Um, it was because I was very loyal, very loyal. I didn't want to, you know, I was worried about my customers. I was worried about my my team. I was worried about leaving people in the, in the lurch and making the leap. And, and, um, you know, fate stepped in and, and, uh, there were some things that made the choice a little bit easier to leave. And then I, you know, I just was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to do my own thing. I'm ready to, to, um, be my own, be my own boss um, and then I realized after I, I did the leap and started and got things going, I realized I really wasn't ready but now then you're there and you're just making it happen so yeah I had a lot of learning it was you know entrepreneurship is not for the fate of heart it's you know, uh what,
0: what's, yeah. what's kind of funny about the what you're describing is is it sounds like the in some ways the origin story of every theater producer I've ever it's met who started out in a fringe especially but you know it's like i i thought it would be easy it turned out to be more than i thought and i just learned uh with a fire under my ass yeah <laughs>
1: that's it that's it you know and and like so for the first the first year and a half i was taking contracts and and then i realized that i was like Okay, well I'm 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 making ends meet, sure, but I'm not building my own business. I'm building somebody else's business. I'm working for somebody I'm taking, you know, 3-month contract, 6-month contract working for in somebody else's business and I'm not building my own thing. So then um at the end of my second year, I was like, that's it. I'm not I'm not taking a contract like to work um for somebody else in their business. I'm going to everything is going to be creative twist. I'm going to just um, have faith. And like two months later, I landed Canadian Tires National Convention. And uh, so that was a thing. And, you know, um, and then I, that went really well. And I became a preferred vendor for them and did a lot of events for them. And then I, you know, had other companies bring me in to be like the creative director or the creative piece. They would look after the logistics and I'd work at, look after the creative and design and it just started to, to build. Yeah.
0: Um, it as far as that, I mean, one of the things that, that, you know, this sort of like dovetails into your theater. Uh, sorry. A lot of the, the, the activations and a lot of people that you worked with were like a uh, uh, theater people. Um, lots of things, both people that you worked in, uh, from, from various aspects, uh, and just people that you've encountered buskers and, and clowns yeah. and, and just like all over the place. Um, that's, that's sort of like, was that something that you started to think of? I know that activations were not, you didn't invent them, but like, as far as like taking these people that you had encounters with, that you'd worked with and like bringing them into the events world, was that something it was that just was a no-brainer for you or did did you like? how did that come about?
1: Um, I think I think it became it, it, it was a bit of a no-brainer because because I always believed that that um, you know a, an event was better if there were non-static elements to it, right So um, if 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 you could have somebody help you, guide you your guests along the journey or interactive make it make it more impactful more memorable so um pretty much when i was working uh uh at the at the uh catering actually it started at the catering company i remember we were doing an event and um i actually reached out to some some friends who because my husband was in uh was an actor and a director and knew we knew lots of actors and um i wanted to have somebody activate the space and dress in lederhosen for this uh winter buff winter um uh food station and we had a train going around and and uh, so I reached out to some friends and and found somebody who was willing to to do that. And then uh, we had another event uh, where uh, where we uh, were doing a a winter wonderland and we wanted uh, living statues. So I hired a bunch of uh, of actor friends and we you know got them all in costumes and they. They basically just stood in vignettes all night as freeze pose um, uh, living statues. And it was a great thing because I, I you know, these, these actors were um, happy for the work, happy for, to get paid. You know, I'm, I'm not asking to volunteer. I'm actually uh, giving you money to, to do what you do. And, and, um, uh, but it with it just brought our offerings as a, as a company when when I was with the cater company and when I was with the decor company um, to another level, right? It, it differentiated us from what other people were offering because we were adding these, these interactive elements. And, uh, and then uh, I also realized that if we were doing like an activity station, instead of hiring um, just regular staff, I'd hire actors because they were much more outgoing, much more friendly, much more interactive with the uh, with the guests, and that brought it up to another level. You know, the guests were the guest experience was better. the The feedback was always better because, um, you know, they they had a memorable experience. They had a photo op with a lady dressed as as uh, Marie Antoinette, or they. Or, uh, you know, we did walk living vines, walking through the space and, and, um, you know, it's so fun to be creative when you're spending somebody else's money, too, right? <laughs> Unlike theater where you're like on a budget and you yeah, can't, yeah, can't yeah. do, you know, in, in corporate events and, and, in in events, you can be a little bit more, um, a little bit more creative and, uh. And you know, outside the box and and push I, the boundaries a little bit, which is super fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I want to talk about about how you found your way into the theater world. Was that something that 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 happened? Were you interested in theater uh, at the same time that you were going through events, or did that come did that come later? How did you find your way into like producing theater and things like that?
1: So I. I uh, auditioned for the theater program at Red Deer College, and I didn't get in. And so that's why I went to the one-year hospitality program, because I was like, well, geez, now what do I do? Because I thought I was going to do theater, um, but, but you know, I didn't get in, so my my path took a different, different route um, until I met my husband, <laughs> which who is a theater person and um and then we just started uh you know producing um shows because he wanted to create theater he wanted to you know um uh people were asking him to direct things people were asking him to to um help them create things and i i was not really one to sit on the sidelines. And I was like, Hey, you need marketing. Hey, you need logistics. Hey, you know, and because that's what I did. So I would just bring those things to the mix. Um, and then I dabbled too. I, you know, I was doing improv and I studied clown and, uh, you know, those were sort of my, uh, forays into, uh, into stagecraft and I did some designing and I did a
0: little bit of directing and
1: um yeah but mostly it's Richard it's it's his fault (laughs) uh, it's
0: good it's good to have somebody to blame specifically isn't it
1: oh yeah but you know what it's 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 also because I'm just nosy and I couldn't not (laughs) you know insinuate myself in what was happening because I knew I could help and make things better and
0: I mean, as far as the, the theater world, I mean, I mean, you were involved with uh, with theater sports while it was around um, yep. and, and you were, uh, you know, uh, you know, Keystone Theater would not have existed without you and Richard and 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 so many other projects that, that that you were involved in, both ones that I know about, and ones that you were that you did on your own. Um, as far as as um, uh, uh, the producing part, was producing easier to you? because of the events experience or was it yeah yeah
1: oh yeah oh yeah because because um i'd i'd already i already had some understanding um of of things that needed to be done logistics and and um marketing and and also um i think that i had a different perspective on on things so so i my approach to fundraising was a bit different uh, my approach to sponsors, uh, I was able to to take from my experience in c- the corporate world versus, you know, um, just from a theater not-for-profit lens, uh, which was helpful.
0: I mean, sometimes, I mean, the theater world can be, uh, uh, you know, as, as wonderful as it is, uh, having an outside perspective on things like uh, operating as a business. Uh, Can't certainly be helpful because um, as artists, we don't often think of, of that aspect. We're just like, we just make it work somehow and don't think of the, the, the money or the business part. So it's important to have somebody at least who knows that stuff.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and that's like, you know, I, we're just going through board development for prime stock right now. And, and those are the, those are the things you have to look for is, who you can bring onto the board to to do to do all all of that and think think in those ways so that your creative people can be creative and not not feel like they're they have to um, be stifled by uh, by that you know because uh, it's hard I know you know Richard is juggling a million and a half things doing grants and doing um, uh, you know all of these administrative necessities um when you know his happy place is
0: being creative of course it's and that that is the that is the 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 the, the difficult part of arts administration and arts leadership right is the, is the you you got there through your the creativity and the passion for the creativity um but then there's all of this administration that has to be done um and in a small theater company and i I've, I've talked to a bunch of people who are like yeah, I'm the whole team. You yeah. know, I i do all of this stuff. Um and that's that's a hard transition if you don't have anybody helping to guide you.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, it is it is. And and you know, we've been we've been recognizing this because I I took on the role of um, yeah. of acting general manager for Prime Stock uh when Richard took over as as artistic director and the reality is that we've got so much going on and I've got so much going on that we're, we're at a point now where we have to hire somebody, where we have to look for grants so we could hire somebody because, um, because I can't give it its due um, with all of the, all of the things that I've got on my plate. And then, you know, I also have to, I have to separate church and state between uh, being General manager of Prime Stock and Richard's wife, and being the venue manager for Scott Block Theater, and make sure that I am treating Prime Stock Theater and and our you know their needs with the same lens that I treat both our other resident companies. Right, we have three resident companies, and they all need to have their fair opportunity in the space uh, be treated the same way. Don't get, you know, um, any more uh, uh, special treatment than the other. So
0: is it difficult to divide your mind like that? How, and and how do you uh, keep that, that division so that you can, you know, sort of keep yourself accountable. uh, Um, And
1: yeah, it's, 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 it's a challenge. It is, but, um, you know, I learned to do that when I was actually working for um, the decor company because we were the biggest and best um, op- op- option in Toronto at the time. And so we'd often get um, multiple companies coming to us who are bidding on the same piece of business. So they want us to help them design and they're bidding on the same piece of business. And we had to be really careful and very strict about, okay, I'm going to design for you based on the information that you give me. Now, if your competitor is much more um, open with budget and creativity and ideas and whatever, um, I can't let that influence what I design for you because that's not fair to them. I need to be really focused on what I designed for them based on the information that they give. And that's, it's the same thing. I need to be, I need to be, okay, you know what? Um, um, I need to call you on this, this thing that you were, you know, you booked the theater from 12 to five, but you showed up at 1130 and I'm selling you space. So I'm going to bill you for half an hour because you showed up here to start setting up. And and um because that's what i would do for the the next guy and sorry hen but that's the way it has to go <laughs> and you know and and i have to do that cuz that's what's expected of me and that's mm-hmm. and and i had to make a case for my ability to do that um mm-hmm. when i pitched cuz they knew i was upfront in know with them yeah
0: yeah um no one of the challenges of racing years is you're involved with a the theater both with prime stock and otherwise yeah and, and the events industry in 2020 yeah. and 2020 as we all know was a terrible year for both um and uh um you're weathering this at both at both when you left for left Toronto for Red Deer and then started building uh that the you know trying to figure out like how do these how do we exist with these things in this new place or this old place that's new again um how do you weather that how did you weather that what was that like what was the situation at the time
1: uh well it was it was nothing good it was all necessity you know um uh, so we were in toronto when the pandemic hit Um, we didn't have much going on in terms of a, a theater, um, um, in, at that, at that point in time. Um, but certainly my event business went from, you know, a going concern live events to, oh my God, I have nothing and big, big pieces of business walking away. Um, so I had to pivot, you know, to use that, that overused word, um, uh, so I started uh, doing virtual events, started a virtual event venue, found ways to to navigate my life that way. Um, Richard was also working in hospitality, working was working at a hotel. Um, so he lost his job because there wasn't work for him uh, in hotels because nobody was traveling. Um, and then uh, in November 2020, Uh, My mom passed away and uh, it became apparent that we needed to move back home to um, help my stepdad stay in the house. Uh, And, you know, because of the circumstance with the pandemic, um, I had readjusted my business to be like 99% virtual. Um, so I was able to pick up and move across the country in the middle of a pandemic and still keep my livelihood because I was still doing virtual events. Um, uh, and then, so that was, uh, we moved in March of 2021 and pretty immediately after we moved, uh, Richard reached out to the various, uh, Communities here in Red Deer. We both joined the Arts Council. I joined as Korean Twist. He joined as, as Richard We both joined uh, I joined Tourism Red Deer. I, I joined uh, uh, The Chamber of Commerce because we We're like, well, we're here. We're gonna go all in and be part of this community We just need to need to embrace the community um, so Richard uh, had an opportunity to get involved with Prime Stock Theatre pretty quickly and they they were gonna come back and do they missed their 2021 or 2020 season but they were gonna come back and do their outdoor shakespeare in 2021 so he got involved with that and uh yeah we just you know tried to engage with the community as much as we could and and i still had some business happening in toronto um, some clients that I was able to work with, and I got a great project here for the city of Red Deer, um, activating uh, the uh, a new master plan community, Capstone, um, activating uh, 30 events in a month for them, doing art classes and uh, collaborative art projects and, dance classes and having bands and and different things and yeah we just figured it out
0: yeah um now as i mean you you grew up in red deer right i did so um having left red deer i mean you also you lived in edmonton for a while you you know yeah. but then like leaving alberta going to toronto and then coming back to the town where you grew up um i'm sure that a lot has changed and you've changed And you're doing something very different than when you than when you were there, and you mentioned before we started about trying to figure out like, what is who's Kim in Red Deer? Who's like what's creative twist in Red Deer? Um, What have you learned so far about about Red Deer? About about yourself? About about um, uh, coming home? What have you learned?
1: Um, What have I learned? Um, I I've learned that. that this town is a lot the same and a lot different um i've learned that uh, that i still uh have a, a uh a soft spot in my heart for for this this town and this community um i was really surprised by how much art there was um how much you know mostly it's and it, it is mostly visual art here but there's a lot of it um and there's a there's a like a really passionate arts community um i uh i'm figuring out that um you know at this juncture in my career i've been in the, i've been in, in uh the industry for 30 years um I'm, I'm at the point of, I'm wanting to give back. I'm wanting to, to be, um, a leader. So, you know, connecting with, uh, with my tourism bureau and how can I help, how can I take my 30 years of experience and my destination experience and how can I help, um, you achieve the goals that you've got for, for growing this city. And the same with this with working with the city and the master plan community and, you know, how can I bring um, this experience that I have to the table and, and help you um, achieve your, your goals? Um, Yeah. So that's sort of where I'm at now is, Hmm. is, is um, how can I, how can I, how can I use my, my skills for good uh, and, 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 uh, and help things, you know, with the revitalization of downtown and the, you know, I'm um, like it's it's super cool. Like now I'm on the first name basis with the mayor. Like, yeah. you know, like he comes he he sees us across the room. He's like, "Hey, Kevin Richard," you know. Like it's, um, um, because we have shared, uh, vision for mm. for the possibility in this town, and you know, um, the leaders from the chamber and you know they know me and they're they're like hey you know god what are you doing now Wow, oh, you've got another thing you're you know finger you're figuring another pie Kimberly and I'm like well you know I'm just I'm just seeing seeing where I can
0: where I can be of help speaking of vision I'd like you to cast your mind forward in an imaginary fashion uh, yeah. a few years in the future um as as you know managing this this theater um, and and the street the and and being part of the street that you're on the downtown that you're on yeah what do you envision the Scott Block Theater uh, could become could be and 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 what could what effect could it have on the street in your ideal vision? Yeah,
1: I think in my ideal vision the Scott Block is um, a hub for um for entertainment for. Uh, gathering, um, for celebration. So, um, I, I don't want to turn it into a roadhouse. I do want it all to be, you know, um, uh, art and, 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 and culture and, and events that happen, um, because there's a connection to Red Deer, because there's a connection to, to the, the, um, energy of downtown. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do want it to, to be a busy place. I do want uh, people to, to seek out opportunities to, to use the space for, for gathering and for celebrating. Um, I, I would love to see us become a bigger part of a, a, an arts and culture dist- district, um, you know, instead of uh, an entertainment district, like just grow that a little bit. Um, a little bit more, um, you know, build off of it, and grow more. Um, there's another, There's a, a beautiful uh, two-space um, two theater, like literally around the corner from me, that has been mothballed for three years because um, it's owned by the Polytechnic and they don't know what to do with it. They've shuttered their theater program and it's this, Lovely space, and you know, I don't mind if it opens. I don't like competition. Fine, bring back the energy in downtown. Bring back the you know opportunity for for more um, of of these groups to use space and 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 uh, bring people together and and share their their passion for storytelling and art.
0: So there's um, about there's something yeah. about an empty an empty theater and 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 thinking of it as like like if that was to open like it wouldn't just like be competition but it would also be like another way to revitalize and to be like oh there's more art here more art means more art more theater means more theater it all sort of like absolutely. creates an uh, ouroboros of of theatrical delight
1: absolutely and there's and there's you know uh, then there's more people coming downtown. And more people looking for a place to go for dinner before a show. More people place looking for a place to go for a drink after a show. More um, uh, you know, maybe maybe more people if there's a couple of good things happening in a weekend, you got hotel rooms because people are gonna gonna stay and go see a show at the Wellico Clad and a show here. Or they're gonna go, um, you know, like we're we're looking at expanding um the Shakespeare in the Square or Shakespeare the Park, um, Bard on Bower Festival, uh, this summer to, to, to have an indoor component because then, you know, can we, can we talk to tourism about, about creating a package where people come to Red Deer and they stay and they eat and they shop and bring more dollars into the downtown core and, and, um, you know, is that going to help the, the little, um, uh, cupcake shop that's next to me right or the or the uh, artisan market that's that's two doors down right to to have more people in in the area looking at their stopping in their shop right i hope
0: that's great that's great um we're almost at the end of our time so kim thank you so much for, for joining me having this conversation i can't wait to i talk to you in a couple of years and see what's happening in Red Deer um, and uh, it, it's all very it sounds very exciting to be like helping to like be part of revitalizing uh, an area
1: yeah it's 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 super exciting and uh, yeah I'm I'm hoping I'll have good things to good things to share when we when we talk again about uh, where we've where we've moved to with uh, with the, the vision for the space
0: This has been an episode of Stageworthy. Stageworthy is produced, hosted, and edited by Phil Rickety. That's me. If you enjoyed this podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can leave a five star rating. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave a review. Those reviews and ratings help new people find the show. If you want to keep up with what's going on with Stageworthy and my other projects, you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to philrickaby.com slash subscribe. And remember, if you want to leave a tip, you'll find a link to the virtual tip jar in the show notes or on the website. You can find Stageworthy on Twitter and Instagram at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website with the complete archive of all episodes at stageworthy.ca. If you want to find me, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at philrickaby. And as I mentioned, my website is philrickaby.com. See you next week for another episode of Stageworthy.